0: You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 211.
1: I always want people just to unapologetically, just unapologetically own and love their own best attributes. So it really comes into like, who do you want to serve? What do they need that you have to offer? How do you uniquely create value, right? We talked about this with your branding. How are you different than your competitors? And then what's the ultimate payoff of working with you? If you just answer those five questions, again, who do you want to serve? What do they need that you have, which is key? How do you uniquely create value and impact for them, right? Better than anybody else? How are you different? And then what's the ultimate payoff of working with you? Oh, so
0: nice. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I am super excited that you are here with us today. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler, executive and mentor coach. And As always, it is fabulous to not only have you here, but to have another wonderful guest. I am beyond excited to introduce you to Heather Campbell, who is our guest today. And we're going to be talking about those things that we do in marketing when we're not marketing experts that we might think are brilliant, but in fact, end up creating a lack of flow in our marketing. Heather Campbell is a nationally recognized branding strategist. She is a creative problem solver, a digital marketing sherpa, and she is so much fun. She is just so much fun to spend time with. I know you're going to love it. The time that I spent with her just flew. She founded her agency, Double Dutch Creative, in 2014 after A very successful career leading branding, marketing, and strategic communication programs for multi-billion dollar companies. Now, what Heather's secret sauce is, is that she can connect your vision to deliverables that engage, inform, and motivate your most valuable customers. And she's going to share some of that special sauce with us today in the interview. She knows how to leverage websites and digital media to advance customer sales and really get efficient in how to use online channels of communication. So Heather is one of those people that just gives and gives and gives. I'm in a high program marketing like a, product development program with her. And she's just always giving and giving to everybody else in the program and is a super positive person. You're going to really enjoy my interview with her. We talk about what she brings forward. She, with her clients, has an online course called Epiphany which replicates her agency processes and then creates a DIY process for savvy and scrappy entrepreneurs. And so she's bringing part of that to us today, too. I mean, she just gives and gives and gives. So I cannot wait for you to meet Heather and to learn from her. If you happen to be listening to this early in the morning on Wednesday when it comes out, be sure to hop over to the Star Coach Facebook page and meet Heather in person at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern. So if you happen to be listening to this as it is hot off the presses, run over to the Star Coach Facebook page and join us for a live Facebook Live this morning. So without further ado, let's go to my interview with Heather Campbell. Heather, welcome to Star Coaches. I'm so delighted that you're here with me. Hi Meg, how are you today? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So just a little background for those of you who are listening. Heather and I are in a program together and Heather brings this incredible positive energy every time we're in one of these Zoom meetings and when I learned what Heather does, I was like, oh, we have to get her in front of star coaches because you're going to learn so much today. Get your paper and pencil We are going to jump into this, and we're going to talk about five marketing mistakes that even really smart coaches make, and I know you're all really smart, but Heather's not going to just tell us the mistake. She's going to tell us what to do instead, which is what we always want to explore, and Heather, on that journey, I would love to start with just kind of what brought you into being an entrepreneur and helping really smart coaches and other entrepreneurs with their marketing. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I just
1: have to say the same thing about you with your energy. I just thought, I don't know if the world can handle this much positivity (laughs) this early in the morning. So I'm just like, if everyone feels like they're having a really good day today, it's because we're having this podcast like first thing and just putting out all this good energy. Um, Well, my whole, so Mike to get back to your question, my whole career has been in branding and marketing and strategic communications. And about six years ago, I started my own agency. And when I got the opportunity to work with different companies, big companies and little companies, entrepreneurs, it did not matter. I found that about 90% of people who came to me overwhelmed or stuck in marketing were just missing over this, like these core components of this, of the marketing sequence. And you'll hear me say a million times, marketing is not rocket science, but there is a process and sequence to it. And when I was running marketing at big companies, I have complete control over like, I know what the process and sequence is, so I can implement it there. And so it was really interesting being able to work with other people. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if they just knew what I knew. So that just got me thinking. This is actually four years ago. So I also just want to tell people that sometimes it's a, that idea is a slow burn, too. So I had this idea. I thought I could make a course and actually replicate the same process that I use in my agency for entrepreneurs it's the same thing I use with my corporate clients when I work with big companies. And it has just been fantastic because it's like climbing up five rungs to the, uh, you know, to the roof of a building to get on the roof to say, Hey, everybody, I'm open for business. It's like, it makes it so easy. One, two, three, four, five. A lot of people just, they end up starting. I always say on rungs four to nine. So that was- Which really is the a heck of a
0: link. I mean, you oh. know, it's, it's so then you're like up there and you don't know how you got there and you don't know what to do with what you, because you're in the middle without having built yeah. the foundation. Like
1: you're almost more on the top of the roof thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I got up here, as opposed
0: to I got up here. You know, you really right. want it to feel I got, that way. I got up here. I know how I got up here. I could do it again. And all the things are in place that need to other be. People can
1: come, other people can come with me now because everyone knows it's just five, five runs to
0: that ladder. Exactly. So you are going to give us your secret sauce today, which I think is fabulous. And as we've said many times in this show, as coaches, we tend to love to work with our clients and the whole business building thing can be a little tricky. So marketing is an aspect of that. And let's start with that very first mistake. What with all these people you've worked with, all the things that you've done, what are you seeing is a consistent mistake that gets in the way of people getting where they want to be?
1: Oh my gosh. I see this prolifically in the online space and in the entrepreneurial space. And that is simply that people start marketing too soon and how that shows up. So we talked about the five rungs and I said, people start on rung four to, to nine. Like sometimes they invent rungs that I'm like, what are you thinking holograms to start <laughs> off with? No, no, no. That's way too advanced. And so, um, how that shows up oftentimes is, oh, I have this idea for a business or I'm a coach and I'm going to go out on my own and I know I, so I'm going to do a website or even more often, I'm going to start on social media. And I'll tell you, social media is number six on my list. So if you think about five, that's where they're starting. So they're just starting at the end. And what happens, the riskiness in that is when you start marketing too soon, you miss over these core components. And I'll tell you the exact sequence. So I'm not going to make everyone wait. Like, what are these five rungs she's talking about? So really the core sequence that, that you need to follow. And this is the same thing that any agency worth their salt is going to walk you through a very similar program. So it's not like I came up with the sequence. I just have really done very, very well perfecting it within that
0: mm-hmm. to make it super
1: efficient. And again, for each sequence to build on the next. So it goes a little something like this. It goes you know, a little
0: like this. No, something like this.
1: It starts with your brand. Give me a B. Um, <laughs> it starts with your brand and identity, and that is really taking a look at the competitors because you have competitors, and if you don't think you do, Google begs to differ. You've got to Google yourself and just Google what you think your customers would Google, and then see who plays in your space. Or you might have a really good idea of who plays in your space already. And you want to make sure that you are, it is so clear how you uniquely create value because you're a coach, Meg. I'm a coach. There are so many coaches out there. We, each, we, we could be coaching in the exact same methodology, but what we bring to the table is going to be completely different. And that differentiation is the sweet spot in marketing. So you must understand how you create value and how you stand out against your competitors because you want to make it easy for people to understand, oh, Meg is different uh, because I see it so clearly. Like when I work with my clients, I always like to say, I want your opinion to be so strong that when someone else looks at another person or another coach or consultant, they have no choice but to look at it through your lens. You've made your opinion so clear.
0: So So that's number one. Well, and if you think about it, if you don't know that, then what are you marketing? What are you? So yeah. So it makes sense, everybody. Heather's saying get clarity about your differentiator before you do anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes people think like, well, I'm
1: just a person. Like, can I have a, do I have a brand? And your brand is really, it's your customers or your clients, some of their total experience with you. So it's so much more than a logo. It's so much more than your color palette. It's like how you make people feel, what they can count on you to deliver, how reliably you deliver that great experience. We think about like Nordstrom is very famous for having this high, super high, high touch customer service including that they walk the bag around the corner, the counter to hand it to you. It's just one of those really nice gestures. If you went to Nordstrom and someone just handed the bag to you, like over the counter, yeah, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, come on Nordstrom, what's going on? So you want that. So that's so critically important. And that is, oh my gosh, the starting point. If I work with someone and they're like, oh, I've already done that brand work or I don't think I need to do it. It is a absolute, I will not, I cannot, I cannot do my job if I don't have that brand. That's how important it is. So even if I'm working with an established company, we always do a little bit of brand discovery just to validate where they are and how they mm-hmm. stand out in the marketplace. So that's number one. Number two, then the next, the second step is understanding your most valuable customer, and that's who you want to invite into your business. And that is so. I I don't know maybe how far into your business was it that you realized? Oh, hold on a second. I get to invite and only work with people I like to work,
0: and then just how your business just completely like oh absolutely year was that for you well very truthfully that comes even clearer to me when i was a therapist so when i was a therapist just taking anybody who called me and i remember probably 2 years into to being a therapist talking to somebody and saying, you know what? I'm not the therapist for you. Let me refer you to somebody who's yes. appropriate that I got really clear about. There are just some issues that I'm going to choose not to work with. They wear me out. They give me a stomach ache when I see that those people are on my calendar. That is not the way I want to yeah. live my life.
1: No, can you imagine like, oh, and then I'm going to be like, and then I'm going to hold space for you too. Like how hard that must be. Because that's
0: not fair to them or me, right? That's not, let me refer you to somebody who specializes in that.
1: Totally. I call that when you're able to turn down a client and especially at the beginning, have enough of that sense. I call that moving your business up to the big kids table because that is a really key. I mean, it is so important. And the nice thing is too, is if you work with someone who you also don't like working with, you don't have to work with them after your engagement is over too. So I'm very protective of that energy, but really understanding who do you want to serve? What are their hopes and aspirations, right? Because they come to you with this vision of what life could be. And then something's getting in the way. So you want to understand what are those obstacles? And then there's, this is a key, this is, this is if someone's writing down, this is a key element that a lot of people miss when they're talking about customer or identifying your most valuable customer and that is, there's a trigger that brings someone into the market. There's a point when they're like, I can't do this on my own. I'm ready for help." And you want to really understand what that sort of their breaking point is, because you want to be there almost like a catcher in a baseball game, like ready for them, like with right. their marketing. So they feel like, oh my gosh, this person feels like they know me exactly. And how you do that is you simply ask people, <laughs> ask some of your favorite clients, like meet with some of your favorite clients ask them, what brought you into the market? What was that breaking point for you? You're going to start to identify themes and trends, and then you're going to start to identify themes and trends and the kind of people you work with, and it's just so fun.
0: And that's the rocket science to that, right? That that you don't have to have all the answers in your head. Your clients know. Ask your clients. Oh my gosh, like half of the scam on marketing is
1: I get all my information from my clients, then I give work, they give me feedback. And then I make I incorporate their changes. I still get all the credit. And I'm like, this is like sort of a racket, (laughs) because I'm really getting in a lot of like, good information from people. But honest to gosh, it is like, sometimes I'll just I'll do a survey, like I was part of a board. And we had a I was like head of this education committee. And we had the hardest time like, Trying to get attendance, so I simply asked people like, "Who are the people who attended, and who are the people who approved the spend? Are there any trans correlations, things like that?" So people think you're a like they think you're a genius. I'm like, no, nah, I just asked them. It's like that's a secret. Don't tell anyone. Like that's tell right. people I that's am a genius. That's super
0: secret yes. sauce.
1: That's right. <laughs> totally, I am a genius. Yes. That's right. So once you have your brand identity and your customers. Then, now, your product and pricing, your product and pricing, your product and pricing lineup, now this is the time, because now you can start to refine what you offer to make sure, oh, I, well, I'm going to talk about this in the next one, never mind, um, but you're going to be able to align your product and pricing lineup with what your your customers really, really are looking for. Also note, I just want to be very clear, I also use the C word, customers, all the time, and I I'm very intentional about that, too, um, because it implies a purchase relationship and a transaction relationship. It also implies a different kind of relationship you have serving a customer as opposed to working with a client, too. So I might just suggest that when you're thinking about marketing, really think about your clients as customers because ultimately that's what they are.
0: That's so good. Now I want to clarify for everybody, all this goodness that Heather is giving us right now is all under the first mistake. So these are all things that you need to do before you start marketing. And I just want to get the clarity because I know we said five mistakes and we're talking about five things, but these are five things under Before you start marketing, you want to have these things in place.
1: Exactly. You want to understand the sequence. So when you're going out of sequence, like when I work with my coaching students, I'm like, I want it to be so clear when you're going out of sequence, you're like, oh, I'm going out of sequence. And then just see what happens and then put yourself back in sequence and see what happens because I've done the same thing. It's just because I own an agency and I do this for a living does not make me immune to doing some of these same mistakes. And then I'm like, I should know better because I do this for a living. And then I'm like, duh, I do this for a living. (laughs) Let me put myself through my own paces. And I'm like, oh, that really works. That's the whole sequence thing that you have going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're human and we get distracted and we need to get back on track again. Excellent. Completely.
1: You get excited. So then fourth is your website and really having a website built to sell. Sometimes in an online community, they'll say, oh, you don't need a website. I absolutely 1000% disagree with that. I think you must have a website it doesn't have to be complicated, but a really simple website that, again, gives people a sense what the experience is going to be like working with you, how a website looks and feels and it's, it's easy to navigate. It sets, someone doesn't know you yet, and a website or some sort of digital platform is always going to be their very, like 99% of the time is going to be their first point of contact with you. So again, this is so key. If you can look at the competitors, see what they're doing, make sure that your is different, a visual difference, something that's nice and clean and cohesive, easy to navigate, really clear what you do. That goes so long in setting someone up. It just establishes your authority. So someone's coming in expecting to be very well taken care of. And it's just a beautiful thing. It really helps to establish you as the authority. After the website, then you're ready to market. Now you're ready for marketing and getting a marketing plan together. And then now you're ready for Facebook.
0: (laughs) Now you can do (laughs) Facebook. Now you can go there because when people find you, they're going to want to follow up and having those places to find you is what needs to happen. And when people
1: try to rely on their social, I mean, I just, sometimes some people will try to rely on their social media presence too. And I just always think, especially in the coaching and consultant world, it just legitimizes you first. And it makes you official. Believe me, if you don't have a website, getting a really beautiful website, again, it doesn't need to be complicated. It can be really simple. Like even a one pager, it's going to help you definitely sit up taller in your business.
0: Such So that is all the foundational pieces that you need Those to are, do that's the sequence, before you yeah. start marketing too soon. Yes. excellent. So <laughs> what else do we need to know about our mis- the mistakes that we could make? So another really big
1: mistake that a lot of people make is they use someone else's marketing as a mask. Tell us more about that. Oh, that I is know. so
0: intriguing.
1: So there is a big difference. I under—I started to understand this just starting my own business and then working with other entrepreneurs, that there's a big difference if a client hires me for my opinion. And there's a very big difference if because I'll give it. I'll give it 100%. Um, but there's a very big difference if I have to just go out and generally start building an audience or building awareness that I'm open for business when no one's asking I'm just generally saying hey everybody in the world who's no one's asking me for my opinion here's how I think you should run your marketing programs and making that switch from sort of the protection of a company or that kind of purchase relationship it's it's just they're just I don't know if you ever had any, it it just gets really personal and Mm -hmm. it really, that's why they think like, I know that they call the entrepreneur's jury journey, like it's like its own like therapy track because it really is. You learn a lot about yourself. I had a lot of like just limiting beliefs, stuff like just stuff from when I was a kid. It comes up in a way, even though I'm successful and cool and confident in my professional life. So when that happens, a lot of times what we start doing or what I see happening is that we start looking at other people in our space or influencers that we really like. We might start taking a lot of online courses that might have a lot of templates and materials in it. And we just sort of take someone else's marketing and we just sort of maybe make it a little bit like our own, but we really use what they're doing as our marketing path. So we really almost take on, you know, someone else. We're just like, I'm just going to put out like in my space, Amy Porterfield is a very big marketing person It'd exactly. be like, I'm just going to put on a mask where I'm going to do everything like Amy Porterfield does. And the, and there are a couple of risky things with that. Number one, I don't know why Amy Porterfield is doing anything that Amy Porterfield is doing. I have no idea of her marketing program. I don't know if her business goals, I don't know anything about anything. I don't even know if what she's doing is working for her. So number one, it's always risky when you emulate what someone else does, Mm -hmm. even if you're emulating like what they're doing from a marketing perspective. Secondly, you just start to move further away from who this person is inside, who is like, I want to start this business. I want to coach people individually. I see this. I see this vision and you are moving away and you're denying people that opportunity to really engage with you. It also too, your marketing will just never be as good if you're standing behind something else someone else. It just, it just isn't.
0: Because if you want for people to authentically be attracted to you, they've got to know who you are. So if you're wearing a mask, at what point does the mask come off and what does that do to your customer relationship or your client relationship? Exactly.
1: Well, and sometimes people end up getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it just because they, they sort of set that precedent at the beginning. And I hold this because this is where like our heart is, right? Like our heart, that desire and that nudge like really sits in our hearts and then we start moving and we start creating this professional persona. Yeah. And it just, it just always has like just this little bit of holdback. Like I can tell when people are sometimes like I have a really conversational tone in my writing and I can Mm -hmm. tell when someone who doesn't, when they're just like, if I tried to write like all sciencey, it would, I don't know how authentic it would sound just like if someone who is very sciencey would try to would try to like come off as being, Oh, Hey girl. You know what I mean? Like, right. If you're not, na- if you're not going to ever say, Hey girl, to someone, just never use it in your copy. Like just never, right. never do that. So, uh, so how, so how we, we fix this in the agency world is like, I always want people just to unapologetically just unapologetically own and love their own best attributes. So it really comes into like, who do you want to serve? What do they need that you have to offer? How do you uniquely create value, right? We talked about this with your branding. How are you different than your competitors? And then what's the ultimate payoff of working with you? If you just answer those five questions, again, who do you want to serve? What do they need that you have, which is key? How do you uniquely create value and impact for them, right? Better than anybody else. How do you, how are you different? And then what's the ultimate payoff of working with you? Oh, so nice. It's like, I don't mind if people put spanks on their, like a pair of marketing spanks on their business because I want them to take all their assets and like feel really confident in it. And that's what those questions help to do. They really help to give you that structure. So you have context now for how you're different. And then you don't have to worry about, you don't have to wear anyone else's mask. Use that, use what they're doing for inspiration for what you're doing. I'm constantly looking to see what other people are doing. And I'm like, that's interesting. I know how to take it into my own system, but to make sure that it's working for me.
0: And that it's yours, that it's yours authentically. Absolutely. The other thread that I want to pull through is that that differentiator that you came up with before you started marketing, you can use some of that information in this step. So it's not that everything Heather's talking about is opposite or completely different, they all work together. Um, and and so, so true, the way that you had determined, how am I different? What's my unique special sauce? Well, that goes into part of this creating your own identity.
1: Oh, yeah. Like when I work with clients, and I'm, you know, meeting with them to, as a potential partnership, Or, and I guide my clients and my students to do this too, which is, I will say, this is what makes me different. Like I literally have a slide in my presentation that says, this is what makes me different because you want to make it so abundantly easy for people. We're inundated with more than 10,000 marketing messages a day. So just helping to cut through the clutter. So if you tell people, this is how I'm different, I'm telling you, they're going to sit up and then they're going to be looking to you to say, how are you different? (laughs) Yeah. And then you got them at that point, right? It's, again, not rocket science. It's just being making it easy for them. I always say, make it easy for people to buy what you're selling. Make it easy for them to see what it's all about, including if you have to be so clear. Like, there's a
0: section on your website that says, here's how I'm, how I'm different from other coaches. Yeah, I love that. So then we take... We're we're not marketing too soon anymore, and we've got our own identity. So what's the third mistake that we need to get past? You are like, I want to serve everybody in the world.
1: Because now you're, like, super excited, right? You are just like, oh, my God. Like, like, uh, like I'm just absolutely raring to go. And you see it, and you see the people that you can help. And absolutely, and I understand that, and I really honor that. And anytime anyone's like, I – Really want to help like every single family in the entire world. It's like I love that passion and just that drive and just that confidence. Like they know that they can make a difference from a marketing perspective. Your head 1000% will start popping off if you cast the mistake number three is they cast too wide of a marketing net. And so, the way that we look at it in marketing typically, I mean, I've worked for huge national multi-billion dollar companies and and the biggest we always work within persona sets which is where you take a really deep dive into what I like to call your most valuable customer where you understand who is this person you have some basic demographic information but then you really again want to understand sort of where is this person what what
0: are you pulling some of that work dreams? that you've done exactly. already those
1: questions that you've asked them exactly and so The idea is, is to narrow it down to maybe, especially if you're starting off, no more than three different persona sets. So let's say that you are maybe a family therapist and you could work with, um, or let's say that I actually, I actually have a client who's a therapist. So this is actually a perfect example. So she works with women who are in their early thirties, who are in, uh, want something more in their career, but aren't sure of the path. She also works with young women, uh, post college grads, who just to get this great, you know, foundation in place for them to go out and work and feel fulfilled. And then she also loves to work with teens. And so those are her. But her approach is the same. She's a beautiful young meditation. She incorporates meditation. She's a beautiful young therapist. And when I say beautiful, I mean just her spirit, what she brings to right, her approach. Right. She's only, she's under 30, but I'm always just like, I feel (laughs) she's so much more mature than I am. I just (laughs) love her to pieces. But so she has one approach, but now she has dimension for the three people that she really loves working with the people that she's like, Oh my gosh, if I could just have a hundred percent of these people in my business all the time, this would make me so happy. Of course she has some people who don't fall in that category, but we make it so easy. Hey, here's who I work with want a career transition? Want to make sure your life is awesome? Are you a teenager? And then even with their her teenagers, we have two sub audiences, the actual teen who she'll be working with and the parents will and be paying.
0: Yeah,
1: including like, we have these little tiny resource guides, like my parents think I need therapy for the teenager. And my I think my kid needs therapy for the parents. And so just different things like that. And I'll, I'll tell you, it just makes it so clear. And so when people come in, then she was like you, when you were talking about, I knew that this person wasn't right for me. We almost in marketing don't want people who aren't right for you to even get through to you. We want it to be like, Oh, that's not for me. Right. And you want the people who, I know that that sounds so scary to, at the thought you're not excluding no to people. Right, right. Exactly. Just for the same reason, I'm not a target customer of like Mountain Dew, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. but I might be of like Starbucks coffee, you know, right. so um, they know their demographics and they're not, and Mountain Dew will never try to convert me to be their customer because I, first of all, never will. It's disgusting. And that's just not, I, but they're really, they're, they play really nicely in their lane. So the way to really find out your customers is to really interview them. And again, you just ask them, what were you feeling? Have you ever, have you ever worked with anyone like me before? What was it like? Was it good or bad? What makes you like, I always like to ask people, have you ever worked with the creative agency? And then why did you pick me? Mm -hmm. It's such a great question, you know, because they're going to tell you, Oh, because you said this, or you did this, and it resonated with me. And those are the kinds of things that give you again, the voice of your customer, that you can turn right back to the voice of your customer. And that's what you we all know what it feels like when you're looking for help. Resources and we land on that website where we're like, oh man, yes, this person gets me, and that's exactly what you want, and that's how, and that's how they do it—is they do it just by asking.
0: So that's how we fine-tune our net. And then, what's the fourth mistake that we can make?
1: (laughs) That they don't have a website. So um, again, sometimes like a website can be intimidating. Sometimes people say, oh, I'll just start my business and I'll work it this way, and then I'll do my website later. And there are a couple of reasons while that's risky, it just is a website helps to give you immediate legitimacy. Number one, you know, it absolutely makes you official. It gives someone a sense of what it's like to work with you. And it forces, if nothing else, it's going to force you through some initial marketing and branding exercises that is going to pay off in so many ways. Just talking to clients when you're talking to potential clients to work with, they've already gone to your website, so you know how they're coming in. It's going to help to inform your social media. It creates this really nice place for people to go to get more information. And um, it honestly can just be one page. I mean, when I say one page, I mean like sort of one page, but it doesn't have to be super complicated to start off with at all too. But it is very, very critically important. And if you try to retrofit one into a business, I just can tell you 100% it is always more painful and more expensive to do things that way. It's sort of like trying to put an engine in a car after you've driven it. Like, I don't even know, you can't even drive it. That's a bad analogy.
0: I'm going to stop right there. Yes. (laughs) But the importance of having a website, and and I love that you said it really forces you to think about some of that branding up front. Now, does that mean that the branding will never change or that you won't tweak it or grow as you grow and, and transform yourself? Probably so, because I know that I've had more than one website.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of a brand is that you can continue to evolve. And the thing is, is you have such good context for how you want, like what your next step is. So if when you're ready for a new website, which they are, right? But your brand, exactly. what you stand for, how you serve, how you show up, those are the enduring elements. How you sort of decorate it and take it out is definitely right. going to evolve because... I don't know about you, but where I started six years ago is so different from where I am now. And I'm always like, we're always iterating and, and adding on and enhancing websites. Like a website is like, especially like for one that you do a lot, like a transaction oriented website, it's constantly in play and in motion, but the brand gives you that context. You don't have to worry about what color should I use? What should it look like? What's my tone? What kind of images should I pick? You're going to be like, oh, all right. You get to a point that you can have someone do it for you because it's so clearly articulated.
0: But if you never put anything out there, you don't know what works and what you want to tweak. So that's the other thing, like having something out there, just trusting and doing your best the first time. Then you can say, you know, this part I'm not that fond of, or this is how I want to move this. But if you never put anything out there, you're just spinning.
1: Exactly. Exactly. 100% yeah so the website is so critically important so that's mistake number that's mistake number four
0: okay so so. the moral of
1: this story is get a website (laughs) and there are way too many good platforms that are easy to use like I'm not a huge fan of word of templated websites but there are some really beautiful like I love Squarespace like Squarespace because it's probably the prettiest presentation but there are ways that you can build a really beautiful website that's like in a weekend, like it's not that complicated. There are definitely some platforms that
0: make it super easy
1: for you to do that.
0: Good. Okay, so now we know. Number one mistake is to start marketing too soon. Number two mistake is to use someone else's marketing as a mask. Number three is if you cast your net too wide. Number four is not having a website. And drumroll, ladies and gentlemen, what is the fifth mistake that really smart coaches make in their marketing? Oh my gosh, they improvise their
1: marketing. They improvise their marketing. And I am going to tell you right now, 100% emphatically, 1000% good marketing is never, ever, 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 Like you might think that it looks like, you know, like you're on social media and you're maybe following an influencer and you might think it looks like they're just throwing on this pair of Lula lemons and going for a run and eating a salad afterwards. But I'm telling you, that was been months in the making, right? That's probably a co-brand finding the celebrity hair, makeup, professional photography. They just make it look like, you know, whomever just, I just did this today, but there's always intent behind marketing, always 100%. And, but this idea of marketing planning just is such a turnoff to people. And it's so interesting because I'm like, I got to come up with a different term for plan because people are like, Oh, I'm not going to do a marketing plan. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I love the marketing plan. It's like your roadmap. It's like, it's, it's like an it, itin- it's like your itinerary for marketing. Like I don't, if I'm going into a different part of town that I've never been in, I'm for sure, 100% going to pull up my, my maps, you know, make right. sure I get there. okay. Right. But I'm going to build a business without a marketing plan. Like I'm going to build a business and not even have a sense of where I'm going. So the key is to, with this one is, I mean, I'll tell you why it's risky. Just number one is that you'll just never, I mean, the reality is, is you might get lucky with maybe you've done something from marketing perspective, and it might have seemed like it produced good results for you. But the chances of that being sustainable without some sort of structure around it or a foundation beneath it is is so minimal. Like there's a reason there's a term called one hit wonder, because it's hard to repeat sometimes the pressure of really being able to produce another number one song within that context, where the enduring musicians, a lot of them have never even had a number one song, you know, the, you know, so, or only one they've been around. I'm a huge Pearl right. Jam fan, for instance, they've been around for 25 years. I think they've had one number one song, but they're enduring, right? Think how many right. other number one songs that have come and gone, but winging it is just not a good strategy for marketing. And, and that's truly where I see people get the most overwhelmed. And then again, think about how they're not front loading with their good foundational elements. They're backloading with those marketing tactics, and then without a long-term plan, oh my God, it literally breaks my heart to see people. Because again, I'm just like, we follow recipes, we have a GPS, we plan a trip. If I'm getting my hair cut, I'm gonna look on Google for some haircut ideas. Just all I want is for people just to pay that same amount of mind uh, to their marketing. The way though, to, for a novice, like someone who, cause sometimes people think, oh, do I have to have a spreadsheet?
0: Or like or, what uh, does, do yeah. What does that look it? like? What, what do I need to do? Yeah.
1: I know. It sounds like so, com- it, it, cause it can be very complicated and believe me, there are a lot of like BS marketing plans out there that give you, cause I work with people who will give me marketing plans and I'm just like, just give me, I can tell a whole lot more from a marketing budget than I can from a marketing plan that you're giving me. So I like to keep it not surprisingly very pragmatic to make it easy for people to implement. So I like to look at my marketing planning, through the lens of the customer journey. And what that means is, is that remember how we have the hopes and aspirations, the obstacles, right? That happens, a lot happens before someone even gets into the market to even find a solution to their problem, or, or they're just trying to find a solution to their issue. Then once they're in the market, there's a super predictable pattern that people go through that they're going to be evaluating what's out there, then they're going to be refining and making their shortlist and then they're going to purchase, and now they're a customer. So what happens after that? We make these decisions every single time we purchase. Sometimes it's really fast. We're buying a coffee. I'm I'm at Starbucks. I'm evaluating my options. Do I go to Starbucks or do I go to, you know, Corvus Coffee, an independent shop in Denver? I'll go to Starbucks. It's closer. Okay, cool. Now I'm going into the store. I'm looking at the menu, evaluating my option. I'm narrowing it down. I don't want chai. I don't want matcha. I want, you know, and so we do this, then we purchase, and then we walk away. And it's like, well, how do we feel, you know, after we leave? And what how does Starbucks maintain that relationship with us? And so it also can go very long, we're buying a house or a car, or we're buying something that's more expensive. So we're really going to maybe take a little bit longer to get through each of those stages. But those stages are every single consumer goes through that when they're making their purchase. And so if you start to think about, okay, if someone's coming in, and they're in the refining stage. Okay, they come in, then what, how could they come in my website through social media, through email, maybe, because I bet there's a lot of email through a referral through another, another client or customer. And so you want to say, okay, so how could someone come into this stage? Now you're starting to say, okay, so I got to make sure I have a website, I want to make sure my social media has some sort of, like something that's ready for them. I want to make sure I'm focusing on email, right? Like there's an email component here. It might just be an Outlook email. It's not even like a formal email. Maybe there mm-hmm. is an email marketing. Maybe they're joining an opt-in list or something. But you're going to have these different stages that people are going to come into your system and you want to know how are they coming in to, to my marketing world. And I'm very clear about creating this transaction path because that purchase from refining mm-hmm. to your shortlist, to your purchase, to your actual ownership is a transaction path. And so I always want someone to go from one step to the next. So the whole idea to get someone from the refining stage, I'm exploring all my options to, I want to make their short list, then I can start thinking about, well, if someone's on my website, what do I want them to do? I want them to maybe contact me. Maybe I want them to opt into a newsletter. That's going to give them a sense of what I'm looking like. So if I just had those two things, I want someone to either contact me or opt into a newsletter. I now know I need to put those two things on my website in a really obvious place. so they In a can really access, compelling uh, way so that they completely. do that, yes. Yeah, and then, and then once they do that, now how do I get them to purchase? Because that's the next step. And how do I nurture them through this to the next step? So you could say, okay, so now someone's on my email list. Well, I'm going to start sharing amazing blog content, but then I'm going to put a PS in the bottom saying, Hey, want to sign up for a one on one consultation, or I might promote a one a free consultation that then has a purchase attached to it, right? because my next step is to make from the short list to purchase you do that i mean I hope that that makes sense, but those are yes. it becomes so clear, and because you're looking for the purchase and what that next step is. The key question in this is what do I want people to do at this point? So they're interacting with my content. What do they want? Uh, what do I want them to do? Even if it's just to like a post, right? Put in your marketing like this. Would you like this? Po- you know, click like, if you
0: like, if you want someone to share it, Hey, share this with your friends. You know, it's like, because if you don't ask people, aren't going to think about it. It's not like they are, are, being evil or whatever—they just aren't thinking about it because you have to make it super clear for them what you want them to do next. Oh my gosh, this is—I love this
1: because I use this analogy all the time with my clients, which is people have it. So I work a lot with apartment companies. That was a huge part of my corporate career. And apartment shopping—if you've ever done it—is super competitive online. So it's—it's it's like ninety-nine percent digital, which is what I love about it because it's just like this little laboratory. And so I always tell my clients because they'll really want their customers or their prospects to like review them or go to Facebook and, and do something. And I'm like, okay, so someone has a job. Their job is to move. Okay. That is their job. So make it as easy as possible for them to move into your apartment building. Their job is to not advance your social media program. Their job is not to do these things. Bundle it in, in a way, again, what do you want them to do? What's the long game? Why do you want them to do this? Number one, I was like, why do you want them to do this? And if their marketing person is like, I don't know, I'm like, okay, we've got to come up with a better answer. (laughs) Number one, it doesn't make sense, because usually it's so interesting. uh, When I work with people on my course, I will tell people at the very beginning, you are probably doing too much marketing right now. And you're going to find you're going to be able to be way more effective with less because I really want to train people how to see that long game and see that customer journey path. One of the key parts of the customer journey then is this ownership piece, right? When someone buys, often they're largely abandoned. So how you treat someone from that point of between purchase and actual ownership. So if there's like someone buys something and let's say it's a course that doesn't start for a couple of weeks or they buy, like maybe they're going to be coaching or working with someone and it's not going to start for a while. What happens between that purchase and then how you make people feel as the owner that's what helps people refer your friends, and your, which is the best. And they also buy again, right? Because you've delivered such a consistent experience.
0: So, so, so good. I could talk to you and talk to you forever. Let's go ahead and have you recap just what are the top five again and anything else that you want to be sure we, we pull together before we wrap up our time. So the number one marketing mistake
1: is that people start marketing too soon and the solution is follow the sequence, brand, customers, product and pricing, your website, your promotion planning, your marketing planning, your customer journey work, and then you can do Facebook after that. Remember, that's number six. Uh, Number two is wearing someone else's marketing as a mask and the remedy for that is to really tap in and identify, like really tap in and own your own brand mojo. Number three is casting too wide of a marketing net, wanting to help everybody in the world and hone that down to three core groups to start with. And you're going to get a little bit of everybody, but you're going to get more of those people that you really want to invite into your business when you're intentional about it. Number four, they don't have a website. You got to have a website. And number five is they improvise their marketing. And that just, you will just not, I just, you will just not be successful in marketing without some sort of long game plan. That's just the, that's
0: the bird of truth people. Heather, thank you so much for bringing your expertise, sharing all of your secrets with us. How could people connect with you and potentially, you know, explore working with you if they were so desirous of that?
1: Oh, well, um, a good, a really great place. Like if you really want agency insider strategies served up regularly, definitely check out my Facebook page at Hey Heather. It's at Hey Heather Campbell on Facebook. Um, that is where I'm, and don't tell any of my age. All my agency friends are like, you're telling everyone all of our secrets. It doesn't, I'm glad cause I just am a big believer. There's enough, there's enough pie to go around for everybody, you know? And if I can share people and help this, help people get that right foundation in place so they can actually build their business and bring their good work to the world. I mean, I just, that's that's the whole reason is I wanna be able to do that. So Hey Heather Campbell on Facebook and then also com. I always throw out some fun and cool resources there too. So there are some really good tactics, including... I actually have something on heyheathercampbell.com, the five marketing mistakes. So if you wanna take a deeper dive into that, that's a definitely good place to check out.
0: So good. Thank you, Heather, for bringing all your sunshine to us today. Oh my gosh, Meg, thank you so much for the opportunity. I wish we
1: could do this every Thursday.
0: Wouldn't it be fun? Yes. I always end up with such high energy after visiting with Heather. I hope you do as well. And if you'd like more information about Heather, go to starcoachshowcom forward slash 211. And you can pick up information about Heather in the show notes and stay in touch with her and her offerings. If you missed the Facebook Live that we did the morning that this went live, no reason to despair. Just head over to facebook.com slash Star Coach Show. That will take you right to the Star Coach Show page, and you can find the recording for our Facebook Live that we did on the morning of November 18th. Now, I want to invite you back for the show next week. I'm visiting with Nick Marks about happiness in the workplace and how the impact of happiness impacts things like productivity and work satisfaction and how his company measures that. It was so good. Nick also happens to have a fabulous TEDx talk. If you want to explore that before next week, search Nick Marks, Nick without a K, N-I-C, and then capital M-A-R-K-S, Nick Marks, at TEDx, and you can see his talk before we even have the show go live next week. But you'll definitely want to come back for that interview because we explored even more than what's in his TEDx talk. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen to the show so more listeners can find us. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fabulous week and be sure to come back next week And if you know somebody who would appreciate one of these episodes, send it to them. It's super easy to do. I am sending episodes of different shows from different podcasts to my friends and family all the time through text. And it's one of those things I like to do so that I can connect people with resources. Until next week, take care.